Hey y'all, this is Sam, and this is Crimology. This is episode 44, and we're doing things a little different this week. I am not feeling well, so just to keep things safe, I am doing my first episode from home without Steven, so things are already going to sound a little different, they're going to look a little different, Um, so we apologize for that, but hopefully we'll be back to normal next week. Um, and we'll keep this going. But for episode 44, we're doing things different. Um, so first off, want to say thank you, as this is one of our last episodes of the year. And then our next episode will be in the year 2022, which will also closely make the one year mark for Crimology. So just want to take this time to thank you all for listening and supporting. This has been such a fun year. Uh, to be able to do something that I can do with my best friend. And then also just something that has been on a bucket list of mine for so long. Um, And so thank you for listening and just letting us do something that we've wanted to do for such a long time. So now that out of the way, let's get started with our episode. So each week I talk about where I came across this case. And for the first time in what seems like a very long time, I don't remember where I came across this case. I It must have been a case that I came across while I was researching other cases, but I will tell you now that this case is going to be a shorter case this week just because it's a straightforward case. Um, so there's not a whole lot of details because someone gets caught in the act, um, but I figured that was a good one for me to do by myself um, since me and Steven had to change up schedules. So we're talking about 50-year-old Yoslin Ortega, who was the nanny or caregiver for the Krim family. So she worked with six-year-old Lulu, two-year-old Leo, and they had a sister that they had between them. So on October 25th, 2012, in the Krims family apartment in the Upper West Side in Manhattan, New York City, Yoslin was with Lulu and Leo, while Marina, the mother of the family, was with her daughter at a swim lesson a couple of blocks away. So after the lesson, Marina came back to the home to meet with Yoslin. When she walked into the apartment, The apartment was dark and she couldn't hear anyone moving around. So she assumed they weren't home, but when she went downstairs to talk to her doorman, he said that he saw Yoslin come up with the children and he hasn't seen them leave. So mom heads back upstairs to check again. When she starts checking the rooms, she discovers Lulu and Leo's body in the bathtub with Yoslin laying next to the tub. The children had been stabbed multiple times with a kitchen knife, and when Yoslin saw the mom walk into the room, she slashed her wrists and started to stab herself in the neck and the throat. Yoslin survived her wounds and was taken into custody. While she was in custody, she was deemed mentally competent by New York psychiatrists. When asked why she did what she did, She said that she was upset that the Krim family would not give her more money. She said that she was struggling financially, and when she asked the parents of the Krim family for more money, 
They told her that they couldn't give her more money, but that she could do housework around the house to earn it instead. Which is not what she wanted. Yoslin was the caregiver for the family for about two years, where she was paid $18 an hour. Yoslin claimed that the family didn't treat her right, but family and friends of both the Krim family and even of Yoslin's family said they treated her very well and even bought her tickets to the Dominican Republic to see her family multiple times. When trial started, her team tried to say she was mentally unstable, but like I said before, she was deemed mentally competent while she was in custody, so that story didn't stick for the jurors. On April 18, 2018, Yoslin was found guilty of first-degree murder and second-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Also in 2018, the Lulu and Leo law was signed making it a crime to knowingly misrepresent the qualifications of a person applying for work as a child caregiver. The Krem father, Kevin, said they hired Jocelyn based off of lies, and if they would have known more about her at the time of hiring, they wouldn't have hired her to begin with. So that's also a law that came out of this case, while also justice in this case. So like I said, pretty short case this week as it is kind of a straightforward case. Um, But like I said, I didn't want to do a pretty drastic or major case without Stephen here um, beside me. So with that being said, we're going to take a break and then we're still going to do a Stephen's Corner just minus the Stephen. All right. Now we're going to do Stephen's Corner without Stephen. And first, I want to say, Stephen, if you're listening, you'd be very proud of the setup that I've got going on. I'll take a picture and send it to you. But this week, he sent me a news article that he found that he wanted me to talk about. So to honor Stephen, we're going to do this article. So the headline is... Man arrested after breaking into Knoxville's officer's home, putting on the uniform. So a man was arrested after breaking into the home of a Knoxville Police Department officer's home, um, putting on the police uniform and using equipment. So about 11.25 p.m. on December 23rd, Officers reported to the home of the officer in question because an own None, sorry, unknown man was operating an issued radio from the residence when no one was supposed to be home. So once police were on the scene, 51-year-old Dwayne Miller was found wearing the officer's uniform, a vest, law enforcement gear, and was armed with a fully loaded pistol. And he was also found with over $1,500 cash from the officer's wallet. Miller was taken into custody, and he told officers that he was also law enforcement, and he was preparing to leave to go to work. Later on, the man confessed and told officers that an Uber had dropped him off at the residence, and once on the property, he entered into the policeman's cruiser, took the police gear and the garage door opener, and that's how he got access to the house. 
he, Miller was charged with aggravated burglary, criminal impression, impersonation of law enforcement, possession of a firearm, intent to go armed and theft. Police said that if, or Miller even said that if police hadn't got there, he probably would have just taken the gear from the home and left the property in the cruiser. So, uh, is that Christmas Eve? <laughs> You're doing a lot more than just staying at home with family. So this is funny. And so this is definitely something Steven sent this to me. And I was like, this is definitely like a Steven case. I definitely could see Steven finding this one and laughing really hard at it. <laughs> so it was just funny. So had to do it because Steven can't be here. Um, and then also just to, I almost said in memory of Steven, like he's dead, but he's not. So, um, that's episode 44, the hot mess express that it was. But like I said, just to be safe, I was trying to get, to keep Steven and his wife safe, um, just in case what I'm feeling turns into something worse. Um, so no music this time, no editing this time. So I had to do everything by myself, which sorry, Steven. Um, but like I said, there's thank you guys so much for listening to this hot mess. Um, thank you for such a great year, um, of Crimology. Make sure to follow us on social medias. We're at Crimology Pod on Instagram. Um, on Facebook, we post all of our source material. So that's more information that you can go to and look up. Um, a lot of cases, we do a lot of YouTube videos of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Steven's not here to help me. Um, but just like I said, more information there that you can look and enjoy the cases more of. And then we've got an email at crimologypod at gmail.com where we have people who send in case recommendations or just kind of any helpful suggestions at all. We will take them in our email. Um, but just again and again and again, thank you guys so much for your support. Um, take this time to be sappy while I'm not sitting in front of Steven. Thank you to Steven because when it's, when I'm by myself, I realize how much harder it is to actually do all of the things that he does when I just research the cases and Steven does everything else behind the scenes. So thank you, Steven, for doing what you do and making this possible with me. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to episode 44. Hopefully this doesn't happen again and we can be back together next week. Uh, but like always, this is Sam and this is Crimology.